Thank you for taking time to listen to this short podcast. My hope is that it would be enriching to your family as well as building you up as you work to be a better parent. Well, hey, uh, we are glad you can listen to us today. My name is Neil Soraki, and I am here with my friend Daniel Trahini. Hello. And we are just going to have conversations about dad stuff. That's kind of what we're, we're here doing. Yeah, that's uh, what we are. Because we are that's dads. what you told me I had to speak about. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what you that's what I'm forcefully asking. invited me to come record with you. Forced. Forced. I think I held a gun to your head, right? Nope. But no. I was afraid you were going to. I was afraid you were. That seems fair. We'll see how much we can get done. I'm going to guess nothing. Well, it gets where it gets. Yeah, it does. Like I said, I, I want this to be an opportunity for us to be able to just have conversations about being dads. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully if anybody decides to listen to this and, and whoever's listening, we'll just see some different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have stories from our own childhood about our fathers and, and things that have happened. We've We've kind of uh, encounter dadhood that way, but at the same time, uh, we have it now ourselves because we have our own children and mm-hmm. and we're trying to just navigate this. And so I keep looking at this idea of no perfect dad and uh, just, again, the idea that there isn't a perfect dad out there. Well, well actually. Yeah. Yes, yes, we know. Our father in heaven. Our father in heaven. The <laughs> And well, this is live, right? Yes. This whole thing. Okay, good. Yeah. So we we have this idea that there there, or we'll have this idea that there is no perfect dad, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're gonna struggle through life. Let's let's do it together as dads. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have a community of dads that we can be able to just build one another up and be able to um, encourage one another and and share our woes, but also share our joys with one another. And I think that's just what's been missing a lot of times in uh, in relationships between dads. Is that you yeah. have enough mother baby cafes or mother meetups, mm-hmm. you know, mops, whatever else, but you don't really have any dad meetups, uh, not as often. And, and dads just get kind of lost in uh, in the idea of, you know, I'm working, supporting the family, trying mm-hmm, to care mm-hmm. for them in that way. When it's you know, our kids need us to be engaged emotionally and and spiritually and as well as physically, and so. How, how does that look? So I, I just want to start off asking you, Daniel, mm-hmm. tell me about your dad. Who Who is your dad? And, you know, what what do you remember? What are some maybe good stories about him or bad ones, if you want to tell those too? Like, who is your dad mm-hmm. to you? Good question. Thanks. I got to think about that and respond in a way that won't offend him when he listens. Because he stalks me and, and listens in on everything that I'm I'm a part of. Right. Um, let's see. So my dad is uh, Timothy Allen Terhune, or Terhune if you prefer. Um, not the famous Tim Allen, a different one. Okay. But he shares, uh, shares a name in part. Uh, he is a uh, father, grandfather, not great-grandfather yet, thankfully, and yes. uh, uh, husband, brother... Son himself, uh, pastor for the last, oh, ever. Um, he was never not a pastor, and uh, um, yeah, just a, a really uh, deep, thoughtful 
guy. Um, absurd and silly, but um, really wrapped up in a lot of things going on in his head. Um, really committed and engaged to uh, the communities that he's serving in. Really engaged and committed to um, caring for other pastors and caring for other uh, people in ministry. Um, always willing to lend a helping hand, uh, sometimes, from my experience, to the detriment of of uh, things that he's already planned on or, or things that are expected of him, okay. uh, including family. You know, just trying to do his best in in uh, the role that he's in. Yeah. yeah, whatever role that might be in that moment. Yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. jack of all trades. He always kind of uh, engaged in everything. Always been a pastor of small churches, so okay. Um, you know, a single staff church, so okay. always uh, he's a solo guy. Mm-hmm. Wherever so, he's at, um, just making things happen. So when there was no, you know, musicians, but we wanted to sing in in one of our previous churches we were a part of, uh, he uh, just broke out a um, digital piano with okay. MIDI files on a floppy disk and we'd sing along with that. So whatever works, man. <laughs> right. Or the boiler breaks at midnight and he'll go in and, and just do the, a small repair on a boiler, you know, as pastors are, are known for doing. Right. And, uh, and then mow the lawn the next day. And so he you know, did everything a, a small, everything. a small church pastor mm-hmm. does, yep. which is everything. It's basically like a walking stereotype. Okay. Yeah. That is so true. <laughs> that is so true. And, and I mean, growing up, do, do you have siblings? I do. I have two okay. older sisters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, growing up in that dynamic with, with your dad, how, how was mm-hmm. he engaged with you guys? Was he engaged? Mm-hmm. I mean, and what did that look like for, for you guys? Um, so I was broken by the homeschooling that I was a part of for my whole life. Okay. Terribly broken. I'll never totally recover. Too. And, uh, you I fit know. the mold too. Yeah, it's true. I'm wearing culottes right now. <laughs> I'm wearing culottes, and I have a autographed copy of uh, Lord of the Rings in my pocket. Nice. Um, it's just a little pocket. Yeah. Packed one. And I have a case of lightsabers in my car. Wow. Just in okay. case you need to, you know, battle somebody this okay. afternoon. So um, always be prepared. <laughs> it's true for the dark side to approach your vehicle yes. at a stoplight. Yes. Um, Yes. So I think he was he was definitely engaged. He was definitely around. Um, but I think like many dads, probably I would venture to say most dads, um, I don't think uh, he realized how much we needed or wanted him in our lives. I okay. think I think you underestimate. I think I underestimate even with my own son uh, how much time he needs from me because he doesn't know to ask. Right. Okay. You're not going to know how much time your kids need with you, how much time they want with you, um, until they're adults themselves. I think I didn't have clarity on that until I was like 29. Right. <laughs> so, for the first 29, 28 years of your kids' lives, uh, they don't have um, the ability to request time with you or understand right. what what their desire and needs are. So. Um, yeah, I don't fault him for that right. at all. And I think the the greatest challenge that I think I have with with my dad and well, just kind of reminiscing about about childhood and, and our relationship, um, I think the, the biggest thing that comes to my mind repeatedly is time. Okay. And so when you are a um, when you're sold out 
you know, for your occupation and you're on mission mm-hmm. and you have a purpose and it's understandable and people are always asking you to react and it's a, a very reactionary service oriented type role uh, that really never stops. Basically a 24 hour, seven day a week appointment for life. Yeah. Um, if you're in that occupation and uh, I think there's other occupations that are similar, but um, I think you can't be a, a dad if you're not present. Right. So, um, you know, that challenges me every day when I get up and plan on leaving the house mm-hmm. for a number of hours. You know, I no longer uh, have my own desires in mind. Uh, or I, I try not to. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, thinking, okay, I have to, to, um, end my day at a realistic time, I don't get to necessarily complete every task that I need to complete. I need to put things on, on the back burner at right. times. Uh, but always reminding myself, you know, in life, <laughs> it's more important to care for my son well. It's more important for to care for my wife well. Um, and at the end of the day, I think, you know, my employers and my my family and everything that I do is going to have a greater impact because... Um, you know, I'm going about it in the right way. Right. Thinking about others. Right. Thinking about the needs of, of your family, thinking, and, and, and the community, whatever yeah. you're doing in those situations, but definitely your family, yeah. Yeah, and I think even even the things apart from your family in the workplace and, and things like that, mm-hmm. um, I do think that those things are changed, um, whether you realize it or not, mm-hmm. by the way that you um, decide to, to live your life, Right. right? So you're going to treat your employee employees better because you're thinking about other people first to begin your day. Um, so if you do those types of things, it's a it's a discipline and it's a challenge every day. So you're hitting like the but, question of about you know kind of what's what's your worldview mm-hmm. in that. So I mean, your worldview is going to affect not just you know your work life, but mm-hmm. it's going to affect how you parent. It's going to affect how you're engaging with your your children. Right. And uh, in and even what you do in private and public, right? Well, absolutely. They, they, there is no <laughs> privacy. Privacy is a fallacy. <laughs> even <laughs> how you act yes. in public is a is a reflection of what you do in private yes. as well. Yeah, people will tell mm-hmm. who you are as a mm-hmm. person by what you're doing in public. That is too true. Yeah, too true. Um, so so moving from you know your dad was, I mean he was engaged. Mm-hmm. You know he was a jack of all trades. He he was a pastor that did everything under the sun mm-hmm. uh, are you still in contact with him do you guys still yeah. talk regularly and then you know what is what does that look like what is that relationship as an adult now mm-hmm. uh how, how has that continued to be what it was as you were a child mm-hmm. or or not continued um i think it's again he's a walking stereotype i think and i am in some ways too where it's just like the classic father-son dynamic you okay. know you with uh, with our family now visiting, um, he lives about an hour and a half away. Okay. So, you know, we don't get down there that frequently. Um, he's basically free during the week, mm-hmm. and I'm free on the weekends because of yeah. different occupations. Um, uh, but anytime we're together, um, you know, there's a couple conversations, maybe a grand total of an hour of more meaningful conversations, but right. the rest of the time is just catching up and being together. I think one thing that, that I realized after being a dad for only a couple of years now, right. um, so I'm not an expert by any means, <laughs> although I also don't know if you can be an expert in fatherhood and, dad, yeah. <laughs> and daddom, but... Um, daddom. Yeah. 
Maybe we are experts in dad dumb. Yes, that's uh, probably true. <laughs> I am the dad dumb dad. The dad dumbest. Um, but I think that uh, I realized what a benefit and, and how valuable it is to just be present together. Yeah. And not really have to, you know, I don't have to have a six hour conversation about politics right. in order to know him. And right. I don't have to have, you know, a two hour conversation about theology or worldview to actually have a relationship we can just hang out right yeah uh, i was talking with somebody about you know dads and, and in my you know my my background is uh my dad died when i was, was like three days before my 11th birthday mm-hmm. and so you know uh for me and even before that my, my parents were divorced when i was like one so my dad really wasn't around mm-hmm. anytime i saw my dad I, I had to go to my paternal grandparents house mm-hmm. uh and i'd see him here and there you know and and even half the time that he was he was drinking and so it's just kind of like mm-hmm. he just wasn't really present mm-hmm. he wasn't really engaged in in any way um but not gonna think yeah <laughs> but yeah so so my my history with my dad was just not there and and I was talking with somebody just about how it's that's affected who I am now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, you know, I, I know for me, it can be kind of a higher insecurity about things because mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that relationship of somebody that was, you know, I mean, my mom was always encouraging, but it's just there's something about dads. And this mm-hmm. is why I want to do this yeah. a podcast is there's something about dads that's just unique when their dad is absent in, in a child's life. There's a uniqueness that that you don't see with a mom being absent. It's mm-hmm. very, it's just different. Um, and so when I was having this conversation with somebody else, it, it was, well, how has that affected your decision-making now? And I would say absolutely has, you know, I, I've struggled not having that, mm-hmm. but they had also said too, that, you know, sometimes it's nice to have that, that person, that father uh, figure to be, to even now as an adult, be able to just, Hey, you know, what do you think in this area? Mm-hmm. You know, do you, do you think this is a good idea or not? And whether, what you know, what would you do at this moment and whether they would do what you would want to do or not, just knowing, okay, I'll follow through with what my dad thinks might be good or I'm absolutely not going to take his advice because I know that's not a good idea to go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you find that you still have those kind of questions where you're like, hey, dad, I, I just got this thing going on. I'm wondering what you think or not so much. I mean. Yeah. And I think uh, to your point, I think uh, watching the relationship of my uh, father-in-law and his kids too has okay. been really interesting nice. to me. Um, it's like a, a case study in, in dad um, presence right. <laughs> and the same for, for mine. I often will, will think about him or if it's a big, like challenging move, you know, we're, we'll have a conversation about it and he'll have, have things to say. And that is definitely useful and meaningful. Right. Okay. Um, just his advice, mm-hmm. his counsel. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I like to. I'm more of a collaborative thinker kind of person, so I don't like to right. move on on things that I've only thought about by myself. Yeah. I do like to bounce ideas that. off other people, um, and not just anybody, right? right? People that may actually have good insight right. or are people you um, trust, people that are yeah. close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having having like built-in trusted advisors mm-hmm. for the rest of your life right. is basically what having, you know, a, a two-parent household is. Right. 
um, two people that you can always trust and rely on that you know have your best interest in mind. Um, even watching, um, you know, two-parent households, which are um, fewer and fewer right. <laughs> every single day, it seems like. But just because it's a two-parent household doesn't mean that the mother or the father is, is present as much as they need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can still be technically married and living in the same household or even sleeping in the same bed and not be uh, and still be an absentee parent. Right. Right. Yeah, I think it's we see that all the time. It's very possible, so. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so even you know watching the the impact and discussing the impact of um, of my my wife's dad. Hope he's not listening. Um, <laughs> on on the life of his uh, grown kids, um, because he wasn't really present, especially after for the the daughters after puberty. Okay, um, you know, leaving and just not knowing how to handle that. Right. Um, he did what he knew how to do, and he did his best, and that's why they turned out well. Right. But um, they're still, you know baggage related to that like why did my dad give up on me why did I never have a conversation with him again right (laughs) between the ages of like 13 and 21 why did we not really talk about anything right and Um, I think it's just a reminder that it doesn't matter how good of a parent quotations there if you can't see here Mm -hmm. how good of a parent yeah I know yeah (laughs) all three of them how how good how good of a parent (laughs) it doesn't matter how good of a parent you are Mm -hmm. uh what matters is just how again how consistent you are, mm-hmm. and so if 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 you failed in some areas, it's you know there again no perfect dad, there's mm-hmm. no perfect parent. Right. Um, are you consistent though in 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 other areas, and and how are you kind of looking to be more consistent? Yeah. So so I, so you're yeah. a dad, mm-hmm. obviously. That's and, true. And tell me, I mean, otherwise I would not have been invited to be on this podcast. Maybe I don't know. I keep thinking about that. Yeah, honestly, you know. But no, you're, you're a dad and uh, father of how many? And and would I mean, tell us about that. Yeah. So I have a two year old at home, just okay. over two. His name is Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, Vaughn Tris. So yeah, it's been um, two of the best and most uncomfortable and ridiculous years of my life so far. Okay. And I feel like that's just like par for the course, the normal, the normal thing. Being Vaughn's dad. (laughs) Being Vaughn's dad. Um, Before that, we were uh, struggling with what we wanted to do, how we wanted to build our family. Okay. And we had planned to um, foster, to adopt um, before having any of our own. Okay. It didn't work out that way, but we did uh, for about a year and a half. We fostered five okay. uh, temporary placements in foster care, and we're hoping, just kind of planning for the long game and right. even uh, being intentional about planning around and even with Vaughn, even though he's just two, <laughs> to yeah. not upset uh, our household and our birth order and, and those types of things. Just trying to do the right thing by him. Right. Um, so uh, one of our... Uh, foster kids we're still in contact with and so um, we've had him overnight a couple times recently and uh, whenever he's there I know it's only one day and it's still that transitionary time but um, right. but it, it really really changes uh, Vaughn's demeanor and okay. his, his attitude and, and how he acts. Um, Is it a good thing? Bad thing? Bad thing. Okay. <laughs> so I think because he, he's, he's used to being an only child, right? He's getting all the attention, right? When he's getting the attention, and I think there's something natural in 
you know, having a kid watch yes. your mom be pregnant and go through that process and talking about it. It's a slow transition to right. having a, a, a brother or a sister that's younger than you, even infancy and then watching them grow and kind of raising being a part of raising them really rather than all of a sudden new kid yeah with their own unique identity especially if they're this uh this kid is older than vaughn okay uh, about a year and a half older so um basically going from the firstborn um son to uh you know injecting a new firstborn son in the mix is, is a little messy yeah it's not that it's not doable it's just we're trying to Decide if it's the the right thing for our family. Yeah, absolutely. If it would be a good fit mm-hmm. for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Or if there's a healthier, a healthier situation that we can pursue. Right. This can always be mm-hmm. an uncomfortable question too. You know, are oh, good. you are you guys oh, good? Yes. Right. <laughs> hey, let's just get to it. Right. Yeah. Let's let's, let's open let's I open all the boxes that we can. Okay. Uh, more kids. I mean, mm-hmm. is that is that something physically that that is that's mm-hmm. still possible? And have you guys? You know, having biological kids. Mm-hmm. Are you done with one? I mean, we are. Uh, well, you know the the baby shower, breaking the ribbon thing, where every time you break a ribbon, you're gonna have that kid. Okay, that that's a thing apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I heard that like at our baby shower. So I broke every ribbon I could. I think I broke 19 <laughs> ribbons. And 19 kids. We're planning on having 19. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we. Uh, I think we want to have maybe three of our own okay. if that's what we're given. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, never any guarantees. Right. Uh, you know, we've been through things with, with, uh, personal health issues for myself and my wife, mm-hmm. um, uh, PCOS. And, uh, I actually have a, a, a benign tumor on my pituitary gland nice. that changes my life a little bit. Right. Um, I've got, uh, you know, with fostering and talking about that and, and all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still, we are still hoping okay. um, to have more of our own. And we are planning to, um, you know, foster again and okay. planning to be foster parents or in, in different ways, supporting the foster care community okay. uh, for the rest of our lives. Nice. So hopefully um, renovating our basement to house a couple foster teens in transition eventually and, um, you know, just different ways. Yeah, because, I mean, that's still a level and dynamic of parenting that mm-hmm. I'd love to throw in here too. just foster foster parents, you know, mm-hmm. e- even more so. And knowing and you talked a little bit about that, but just knowing that there there's a dynamic there, even if you don't have children of your own, but you're still parenting children mm-hmm. uh, in, in the foster community it's Mm -hmm. uh just completely different i think to trying to enter into that world so but but going back kind of you know you have vaughn and uh and your wife julia Mm -hmm. uh and you guys are doing life together as a a family of three Mm -hmm. and toby and toby rescue pitbull yeah you gotta throw toby tobias toblerone terhune nice that's his full name and and what i mean what does that look like for you guys uh, on a weekly basis what, what you know what are struggles you guys have often as as a family and uh you know what are some joys what are some good things that happen 2019 uh, i spent basically the entire year uh working with a contractor to gut this abandoned crack house yes. <laughs> downtown yeah and uh renovate that and so it was Selling our old house, getting our old house ready to sell, putting it out on the market, renovating a new house um, with a new baby, and then a one-year-old. 
And um, so that was fun. And then we ended up moving into our new house uh, six days before the first lockdown, March 13th yep. uh, in Michigan. And then I think seven days after that, we closed on our old house. Okay. So it was within a week, it all that happened. Um, and then from there, it was a year of COVID lockdown. Right. So that was the second year of my child's existence on right. this earth was was that. So it was a lot of weird transitions in jobs for me, a lot of weird transitions in, in community engagement for me. Um, it was going from daycare mm-hmm. um, five days a week so I could work and my wife could work to um, him staying home with me five days a week. Yeah. Um, blessing and a curse. And then uh, Julia actually is working from home now forever because of partially because of this, but it, it didn't create that opportunity. It basically just uh, sped it up okay. the transition. Um, so she's working from home and then we have my, my mother-in-law that comes a couple days a week now to watch Vaughn at home. Yep. And then, uh, a couple girls from church that come and watch him a couple days, and then I watch him one day and take him to like a two and you preschool program. Nice. You picked me at the worst, weirdest time Good. in human history to ask about uh, child rearing during a pandemic. Yeah. So that's been weird. Um, just to say that, but it's been it's been good. It's, Couldn't have planned it any better than no. That, it's right? so good. Plandemic is the perfect plan for <laughs> yeah. me. Uh, but yeah, just to spend time with him and just watch him grow mm-hmm. and develop has been okay. amazing. Okay. Um, to watch him, uh, you know, it's even cool to see him know what he wants and try to force his will on you. Just to see that his brain, yes. it's annoying as all get out. <laughs> but to see him. Like think, oh, I want that. And then like grab a chair from the back of the house, slide it up to the front so he can climb up on the counter and grab chocolate that he knows Problem he's not supposed to have. Right? He's like, right. You're trying like, to get that's the amazing. Cookies, man. You did um, a great job there stealing those cookies, right. but now I'm taking them. You yes. can't have them. Yes. <laughs> We've been over this no. <laughs> nine times. So yeah. it's cool to see, you know, strong will and it's, it's cool to see independence because we're not raising, um, we're not trying to raise a perpetual toddler. We're not trying right. to raise a baby. Right. We're raising a, a functioning, contributing member of society, mm-hmm. like a well-heeled adult right. is what we're trying to raise. Right. So, um, you know, keeping that in mind every single day, it's like, what are you, what are you doing for tomorrow? Right. Not what am I doing to control his behavior right. or um, even just keep him from hurting himself. If, if that's as far ahead as you're thinking, with your daily activities and your intentionality right. and your planning, um, then you are just going to raise a 30 year old that's going to live in your basement forever. No, I, I agree with that. I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, if, if we're just trying to keep them dependent on us mm-hmm. or some kind of authority, right. Uh, they're, you know, they're not going to develop well, uh, mentally it's going to, it's going to be a strain on them. And, uh, and that's not what we want. Mm-hmm. That's not what I want. I don't want to see that with our kids. No, you so. would be a, a, sick depraved individual if you wanted to like raising a friend to live in your basement forever that would be weird that would be <laughs> speaking of basements uh, you got, we're in one right yeah now. You, oh. you got you got one open i do for yeah. uh we'll move into it uh no but if you want to help me finish it off you're more than welcome to sweet live there. Yeah. i know that's been uh it's been something we've we've talked about before mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we'll, we'll just be the trolls that live in daniel and julia's basement mm-hmm. that's fine be, you know well, I appreciate you being here and just taking this time to kind of 
record with me and and uh, my hope is people would be encouraged by this and uh, maybe you'll mm-hmm. come back probably not okay probably not well i tried yeah thank you thank you <laughs>